Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Merry Christmas this week. Hope you're enjoying Florida snow out here. Nice and weather for the season. Hey, I'm uh, Pastor Kevin, as Pastor Brian has said. I am the youth pastor here and other things. And so I have, uh, my youth has joined me this morning in the, form of, in the form of my new Christmas mug that they got me this year. All their beautiful faces on there. So I'm just a proud, proud youth pastor. Put you guys down here for a minute. All right. What? I got, I got no space over here. Hey, so this morning, uh, I want to talk to you all about mainly joy is our main, is our main message today. We've been going through the Advent season, and, and today we're landing on joy. The last time I spoke, we talked about the destruction of the temple in Mark 13, so not very joyful message. And, but this week, we're actually going back into the temple and going to share a story about when Jesus was in the, in the temple. And so I want to premise this message by just letting you know that I'm going to share um, some stories from my own life, um, some really vulnerable stories that I have where God has met me in places where I've experienced a lot of pain and sadness, but the Lord's given me joy, and I want to share that with you as, as a testimony. And so my last message I shared was very much like Mark 13, here it is, but this week's more of like, this is, this is me, all right? This is what God's done in my life, kind of my, part of my testimony. And so I want to pray and we'll jump in. So Lord, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that you've given us all joy as we sang this morning, these songs of joy and praise. I thank you, Lord, that you have filled this room with people uh, that, are, that are full of your joy, God. You are the source of our joy, the source of our strength, and we praise you and give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we talk about joy, we also will be talking about sadness. So joy and sadness go together. And this is my message of joy and sadness. And so joy and sadness are two of the basic four emotions that we as humans have. And here I have a little chart of emotions. We have mad, we have sad, we have glad, we have scared. Mad, sad, glad, and scared. And as I see Bree Satcher is very glad right now. She's laughing at me. As nothing, nothing new here. Um, so mad, sad, I called you out. Mad, sad, glad, and scared. So if you look at these four basic emotions, where do you kind of live in? You, you, know, you don't have to answer that out loud. <laughs> Some of you are laughing. You're glad. Okay, good. Uh, are you laughing because you're scared right now? Um, so mad, sad, glad, and scared. And with these basic four emotions, I'll, I'll just tell you, I, I kind of go from from sad and glad a lot. It's kind of where, where I tend to go, where the Lord's um, really met me in my, my sad moments, and he's given me joy, where I've been able to have, be, be glad. And so I want to just put those up there because we will be talking about uh, sadness and gladness or, or, or joy. And so I want to open up with Luke chapter 2. We see a story where there is a moment in human history where joy enters the world. As we sing about joy to the world, we see the birth of Jesus here in Luke 2. And the, the verses that I will be reading from is verses 21 through 35, where we see Jesus being presented in the temple. So we're back at the temple here. And he's being presented in the temple there eight days after his birth. And let's read this and then I have some things to say about it. So eight days later, after Jesus was born, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by an angel before he was conceived. 
Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses. After the birth of a child, so his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. I also thought to name this, uh, this sermon, Two Turtle Doves and a Baby That Would Become King. And there was a tune that, Two turtle doves and a baby that would become king. There's more to that that I have written out. So that will be at the Christmas party later. <laughs> Karaoke. So where were we? Verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Verse 33, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. Oh, but he will be a joy to many others. All right. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. So, as Pastor Brian mentioned last week about this 400 years of silence that we, we kind of call between the Old Testament and New Testament, where there was prophecies that were being said, obviously in Isaiah and, and, and all these prophecies about the birth of Jesus, there was this time period where it was just, it was silent. And here we have this moment where we see this elderly man in this, in this Hebrew community where he stands up and says, the time has come. This is the salvation that we have been waiting for. The word of God broke into this silence and they were filled with joy. Simeon was filled with joy. And as a result of his uh, seeing the salvation of, of Israel, he broke out in song and praised God because he was filled with such joy in that moment. And just like we read in Isaiah 12, there's another verse and lots of verses in Isaiah about this, this type of moment of joy entering into the world. Isaiah 49 verse 13 says, sing for joy, O heavens, rejoice, O earth, burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on them in their suffering. Israel has a history of suffering that they have gone through. And Simeon here is in this moment where he feels the weight of all the suffering of Israel. And he's like, oh, the moment has come when, when our suffering is going to be, where we're going to feel the comfort of God now in our suffering. And he has come to, to restore us and to bring us salvation. Here he is. And just like Simeon, we have these moments, don't we, where we notice Jesus, as we've kind of talked about our theme this month of, of December is noticing Jesus. And here's Simeon. Noticed Jesus. He noticed who he was. He noticed uh, what he was going to do, bring salvation, and it brought him so much joy. And in our own lives, when we notice Jesus, maybe you were singing this morning these songs of joy and praise, and you noticed what Jesus has done in your life, and you were filled with joy, and you were singing to him. You were singing songs of joy. 
And so verse 29, Simeon says, he said this, after seeing this, he said, now, okay, now let your servant die in peace. He had such satisfaction in what he saw in this moment. He's like, that's it. I can just, I can rest in peace now because I've been waiting my entire life for this moment. Have you ever been in pain? Yes. And have you been in pain, but you saw relief coming? Like as you're in pain waiting, you're like, you know what? I'm, pain, I'm in pain, but I see there's an end to that because there's some medicine I could take or there, there'll be a time I'll get better. So you can kind of see that relief coming. But in the waiting, is that very enjoyable as you're waiting for comfort? Is that an enjoyable thing? No, it's still, you're still in pain, but you have hope that you're going to get better and you kind of see the end of that. And so here's Simeon where he sees he's been waiting this entire life and in suffering, but he sees this Jesus coming to bring joy to the, to the nation. And this reminds me of the story of Joseph in Genesis 37 through 50. If you go back there, you see Joseph, who was the favorite son of Jacob. And uh, Joseph got sold by his brothers as a, at a young age, as a teenager. And his father, Jacob, loved Joseph so much. And his, 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 all of his other uh, children sold Joseph into slavery. Joseph goes to Egypt and is there, and we see his story of suffering, but we also see his story of redemption and restoration. But Jacob's back at home in Israel, and he's the whole time thinking his son Joseph is dead. And so there goes, there's 20 years of history that go by until we see where Joseph and Jacob get reunited. And as they get reunited, Joseph says this in Genesis 46 through 30, which is very similar to Luke 2, verse 29. Finally, Jacob said to Joseph, now I am ready to die since I have seen your face again and know you are still alive. Jacob had been waiting. He thought he was dead. But this moment of restoration, oh, you're still alive. My, my suffering has been comforted just by seeing your face. Just like Simeon. Also, Jesus promised in our suffering and in our grief, we'll be, we'll, be, uh, we'll be comforted. Matthew 5, verse 4, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I have seen uh, and been, had the privilege of being in a room a couple times in my life where I've seen somebody pass away, where I've seen somebody take their last breath. And it's a very unique moment if you've ever been in a room where you've seen a loved one, somebody you've, you've cared for so long, um, pass away. And as I'm in those, that, those moments, I, it was hard to see, but you see this joy that them, the, these two people that I saw were believers, very, very dedicated believers. And for us, as uh, we're still alive, seeing these people pass away, we have a lot of grief and, and pain because we know in this life we won't see them again. And that's a hard thing to grasp with grief. But we know that that individual is filled with so much joy. And you see that happen. I mean, there's no, I don't know if, if you've been in that moment, it's hard to explain, but you see them entering into joy, the, the eternity uh, that they're going to experience of, of joy, that they've left this dark world and entered into the, the light of Jesus forever. And so in Luke verse 2, verse 30, Simeon says, I have seen your salvation. I have seen your salvation. Now, 
back to the story of Joseph and going on from Genesis to Exodus, we, we see that the Israelites are in Exodus and they are suffering for so long in Exodus. But we see God redeem the people and rescue the people, the salvation of God in Exodus. He rescues them out of slavery, out of Egypt. But then in, in Exodus chapter 14, they're stuck. As they left Egypt, they're stuck between the Egyptian army coming at them and a big wall of water. Like, what do we do? We're stuck here. We, we, we're, where are we go? We, we've been rescued. We've, we've experienced God's salvation, but all of a sudden now we're stuck. He, this isn't salvation, is it? Because we see death coming at us. And so what did they say in Exodus 14? Moses' words break into this confusion and dark moment for the Israelite people because it's a very dark, confusing moment to see that. Here's the armies. They're going to kill us. We can't go very far in this water. We can swim a little bit, but we're going to drown. And so Moses gives them this word of hope. He said, uh, he told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Thanks, Moses. All right, just stay calm. Don't say that to people that are like really mad in the mad bubble, right? Stay calm. Um, so, but we do see it happen, right? We see the waters of the Red Sea part. I'm like, oh, that must be the way of salvation. <laughs> Let's go that way. And they went that way. And then what happened to Israelites' army? Boom, they got crushed and they were never seen again. And so once again, those Israelites that were waiting for salvation, do you think that was very enjoyable for them? Like, okay, this is so fun, waiting. They're getting closer. <laughs> like, it wasn't that enjoyable. And so, but the words of Moses, the prophet, brought peace and comfort in that very moment. And they just waited a little longer and the salvation of God was seen and they, they experienced the salvation of God. Then we're kind of just walking through what Simeon has said. Uh, he's, he's, I can die in peace. I've seen the promise. I've seen your salvation that you've prepared for all people. Verse 32, he is a light, this Jesus that has come into the world. He is a light to reveal God. He's a light to reveal God to the nations and he is a glory of your people, Israel. So he's a light to reveal God to the nations. And so when Jesus was born, here's, a, here's some questions here. When Jesus was born and this happened, did this complete the salvation that Israel was waiting for? Was this the completion of the, the salvation of Israel when Jesus was born? Was salvation complete at this point? No, right? They still were, were waiting. It wasn't complete, but this is really the beginning of their salvation. Just like in Exodus where, where Moses is like, you will be saved, Okay, but there's water still and there's Egyptians. You will be saved, right? Jesus' birth, you will be saved. The salvation of Israel is coming. The salvation uh, to the world is through Jesus. So are we still waiting for this completion of salvation in our lives? Yes. So you're saved, and right? You believe in Jesus, that he's saved you from your sins, but there's still a moment coming that you will be ultimately saved and you'll ultimately see salvation. And so... Do you ever get sad in this waiting? Like, what, like if we know Jesus is going to save us, why do, we, why do we experience sadness? We do, though, don't we? Let's be honest, we do. But do you also ever experience the joy of salvation in your life in the here and now? Yeah, these moments of joy that come over us, I call them these unveiled moments. Unveiled moments. When the light of Jesus 
breaks through our darkness and our sad moments in the here and now, and he reminds us of something that is yet to come. He reminds us of joy that is coming, right? It's funny how God does it. He reminds us of something that hasn't happened to us yet, but it's going to. He reminds us, that's hope. We have hope in that. Psalm 16, seven through 11 says this. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Man, when the, the presence of Jesus breaks into our life, unveiled moment. I kind of get that term. We've talked about that in Mark chapter 15, where we see the temple, the veil um, in the temple get torn when Jesus is, Jesus, at Jesus' death on the cross. And it was, it was a symbol of the presence of the Lord is, is everywhere. And we can experience the presence of God, the Father, and have this relationship with the Father. And so speaking of that, in my own life, here's my, my, my testimony part. I'm going to drink a little piece of coffee from my awesome youth mug. Piece of coffee? I've never said that term in my life. A piece of coffee. That's not a, that's not a thing, is it? Sounds like an album title. Uh, so that was kind of funny. So here's my own story where God has broken into my life and in my, my sad moments in life where I have uh, grown up, my, kind of the root of my, my sadness, and I've, I've shared some of my story before, is that my father passed away at a very, at a very young age. I was eight years old when my father passed away. And so my life growing up, I was wondering, well, you know, what, what do I do with this, God? And God met me in those moments so many times, and he revealed himself to me as a father. And so I want to share some stories about, about some of this and, and what God's done in my own life through all this, and in hopes that you will see that the Lord is wanting to do things in your own life, and he has done things in your life, hasn't he? And talk about the joyful moments where God's broken into our lives, these unveiled moments that we have. And so I remember uh, vividly the day my dad passed away. Me and my siblings were trying to figure out what to do, right? You're just at an eight-year-old boy. You don't know what to do with yourself. And so me and my brother picked up a Super Nintendo game. That was the time we were living in. Super Nintendo, and we're playing a video game. And we were wondering, um, or we were playing this video game. And as we're playing, you know, I just paused the game. And I looked over at him, an eight-year-old boy. I said, do you think we will ever be happy again? And that was a question that I, I had as an eight-year-old boy, just wrestling with that question of, of joy. I experienced such intense sadness at a young age, wondering if I'll ever experience joy again. Fast forward to when I was 16. I was in a youth group. And as I was in this youth group, one of our, our youth pastors at the time was praying, and, and he asked our, the youth if anyone would like to receive prayer and receive specifically prayer if you want to know God as your father. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I want, right? To experience the joy of a father. And so I went down front, and as I was getting prayed for, um, I, I remember my youth pastor just praying a prayer of, of comfort and joy, and he, and, he, and he spoke into my life. He said, you know what? The Lord's going to heal you 
of this, of this fatherlessness that you, that you experience. This, he'll heal you of this sadness that you're experiencing and this grief. He'll, he's going to heal you. He's going to walk you through it. And he'll, you'll, you'll even be a, a, a great father, even though you haven't grown up with a father. You're, God's going to make you into a great father. I was like, wow, okay. 16 years old, I'm like, I don't think I'm ready to be a dad yet, but okay. I'll take that, mark that down. Then fast forward to when I was about uh, 26 years old, when I had my first child, my firstborn child was, uh, was born. Luke, you guys know Luke Breeding? And as he was born into this world, there was such an immense joy that came over me, like a child. Wow, joy, right? A birth of a child, it's such a joyful moment. But immediately in that moment, I was met with a sadness I hadn't experienced yet. I thought I experienced all the sadness I could in my life growing up. But all of a sudden, with this joy, there was sadness with it. And it was the sadness that my earthly father wasn't here to experience the joy of a child with me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wave of grief. I was like, didn't see that one coming. Wasn't ready for that. Nobody told me about this moment. And so I had to know what to do with that. And so, but the Lord then, what he did through this church and through uh, Jeff Henderson, actually, was, was, was speaking into my life at the time. And he, and he noticed the joy that this boy brought me. And he also said to me that the Lord's healing you through the birth of your child. He's healing you, and, he, and he's going to use your children and, and to fill your fatherlessness, and you're going to experience the joy of a father. So that's a 20-year span of my life, from eight years old, 26 and plus years old, and that's a long time, just kind of like the story of, of Joseph and Jacob with that 20-year span. And so as an eight-year-old boy, don't you think I would have loved to wake up the next morning and just been filled with so much joy? Like, oh, okay, that was, that was a rough day, but you know what? I'm filled with joy. Like, it didn't work out that way. That's not how God was using this in my life. It was a long period of time of healing and restoration. And now I can stand up here as a man who has four children and 20 plus years later, and I can go back to my eight-year-old self and, and answer that question, will we ever be happy again? And I can say yes. Like, yeah, I can, you know, I can experience joy again because of all that God has done in my life. It's nothing I could have done. I couldn't do that on my own. But God was orchestrating this story the entire time. And throughout all those moments, he was giving me joy, little flashes, little glimpse of joy. And now he has filled me with so much joy. In John 16, verses 20 through 24, it says this. Um, something. Oh, got Andy crying back there. I tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. This is Jesus talking to his disciples right before he goes to the cross. But the world will rejoice. So once again, you see, um, sorry, sometimes I don't see things until I'm up here. Now I'm like, whoa, this is cool. Um, you see actually what Simeon was saying, don't you hear? Where he's saying, some will have joy about your birth, Jesus, but there are other, others that will oppose you. So look at that. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. Actually, that's kind of flipped, if you see, what I did, if, if you see that. All right, we'll talk about that in Bible study. You will grieve, 
but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor when her child is born. Her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request request because you use my name. Verse 24, you haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Just got to ask. Even if you feel like you're really sad, ask for joy and and see the Lord's joy come over you. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. We see the Lord is light. He's light. He's breaking through the darkness of our time. We see this in Genesis 1, don't we? Jesus, God spoke light into existence, into chaos, into darkness, and light enters into the world. And in the chaos and darkness of our lives, of going through things like I, I just told you about my experience of fatherlessness and how the Lord's um, brought me through and given me joy in that fatherlessness is dark and confusing and you're not sure what to do. And, and God has brought light into my life. He's revealed God to me as a father. And it's brought me so much joy and restoration. I have one more vulnerable story and then we'll jump back into some, some more thoughts on the um, Simeon story. But one more story here about my life. And this is kind of like kind of future in a way. It's hap- it happened to me in the past, but there's a future tense to it. So it, it has to do with my, my father, once again. I had, a, I had a dream a couple years ago. I don't remember even what year or what day. I think I have it written somewhere. But I had a dream of my dad. And in my dream, my dad was, was mowing the yard. And he was in the backyard that I grew up in, and he was mowing on a riding lawnmower that I grew up riding as a teenager. And he's in my backyard mowing the lawn. And in my dream, I look at him, and he's on there, and he's, he's just smiling. He's filled with so much joy. And I remember trying to get to him, and it's kind of an intense feeling because I was hitting the window trying to get his attention because I really wanted to talk to him. I was like, there he is. Like, it, it took me off guard. Like, it was so real in my dream. As I see him moving, he's moving, and he's got a smile on his face, and he's doing something. And I'm like, Dad, Dad, hey, I want to talk to you. I want to, I want to share with all, all the things that are going on in my life. And I couldn't get to him. And he was just happy mowing the yard, going back and forth. And as I woke up, I remember, man, that was kind of confusing because, like, why, why couldn't I talk to him? But over time, as I processed it, my dream, and talked to, talked to people about it, I, was, uh, I thought of, and this is kind of what I came to, is that I saw a picture of him. Now, I'm not saying I really was transformed into eternity in heaven and saw him, but, but, but the, the joy that he had for all eternity, I was able to get a picture of that and see that he's not sad. He's not living in darkness. Like he's living in eternal light forever. And that brought me so much joy in my life right now. And that was such a gift that God gave me. And I realized like in my, when I first woke up from that dream, I was kind of like, oh, that, that stunk. Like why couldn't I talk to him? But then over time, as I processed, I'm like, what a gift that was that the Lord blessed me in an unveiling moment where I was able to see that. And, and take comfort in knowing that he has the joy of the Lord in his life for all eternity. So, back to this story of, of Simeon. After Simeon sang this joyful song about Jesus, 
He's like, I've seen, he's the light of God, to reveal God. It says in verse 33 that Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. They were amazed, right? They saw this elderly man. Now, Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, were, were very young at this time. And so they were probably, you know, having some young parenting difficulties, wondering how to do this thing. And here's an elderly man in their community speaking blessings and praise over their baby. And they're like, wow, he's, yeah, this is amazing. And there's something that happens to us when we see someone else being filled with joy, right? When you notice someone else, like, wow, look at what God's done in their life. Like, that is, that is amazing, right? Simeon had an unveiled moment, didn't he? Uh, the unveiled moment. And Mary and Joseph saw this and were amazed at what Jesus was doing. This was uh, kind of like a, like a testimony, right? Testimonies are, are very powerful uh, witnessing tools that we have, that we can share. We can talk with people about what God's done in our life. And just like I, I shared a testimony of what God's done in my life and filled me with joy, you can do that very same thing. As the Lord has filled you with joy and broken into your uh, dark, confusing moments in life, you can share that with other people and see what Jesus has done uh, in your life. And people can see that. And they can rejoice. Wow, I, that is contagious, what God's done in your life. I, I want the Lord to do that. Well, John 16 says, just ask and you will have abundant joy. And that is such a, a beautiful thing that we can do. So uh, verse 34, he says, he will be a joy to many others. And so my question for us in this room, and, and I, I think I know the answer is, do you have the joy of Jesus in your life? As Simeon said, he will be a joy to many others. But then what was the other thing he said? but many will oppose him. So there's that constant war going on in our lives and humanity's life. Is Jesus going to be joyful? Are you going to receive Jesus and have joy? Or are you going to oppose him? And I've seen that happen where people have opposed Jesus their whole life and they're not very joyful, are they? People who have opposed him their entire lives. And then verse 35, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And so as we're talking about Jesus and the joyfulness of Jesus, there's probably some dark feelings in our hearts, right? Some sad moments. Maybe we have anger. Maybe we have uh, fear. Maybe, we're, maybe we live in that emotion bubble a lot of, of, of afraid, being afraid of what's going on, what's happening in our lives, what's going to happen in the future. Um, and so your heart right now is maybe there's some things revealing and it might be uncomfortable, but I want to encourage us that the Lord wants to right now take our hearts and fill them with joy, fill them with hope, fill them with peace, and fill them with love. So I have two more verses here, and um, we can close and just ask the Lord to fill us with this joy. So you may be asking this question, all right, why can't we live fully in the light of Jesus right now instead of just getting these glimpses as I talked about, right? Like I, 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 I still feel, there's sad moments that I still feel, but like, why can't we just enjoy joy and like fullness of joy in the here and now? Well, Jesus is that. He's the presence of joy in the here and now. But really that fullness, like I, like I said about eternity, my father's enjoying that and he's filled with so much joy, is that's for us to experience in eternity. That's something for us to hope for, right? That fullness of salvation, that fullness and complete 
joy. So let's see what Jesus did when we're talking about his, his coming, we're talking about his uh, word made flesh. So in Philippians 2, verse 6 through 11, this is what Jesus did. So here's a, a wonderful verse about what Jesus did. What are we talking about when it comes to Christmas? This is what Jesus did. All right, so here's what he did. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declares that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. There's what Jesus did. Came to this earth, died on the cross, pointing everybody to the Father. It was a life of complete sacrifice. Jesus experienced great amounts of pain and suffering. He experienced great amount of sadness on the cross. If you go look at what he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you think that's a really enjoyable feeling? No, he experienced such deep pain and sadness and suffering, but he did it so that we could experience the deep joy of the Father. So as we reflect on what Jesus did, what's our proper response? Philippians 2 verses 12 through 18, continuing that, is our proper response of what Jesus did and how we should live our lives in the here and now. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You holding the light of Jesus and joy can be an unveiling moment for somebody else. As you speak life into people's, people's life, you can be a moment where people see God through, through what God's done in your life. Children of, of God shining like bright lights. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. Go ahead and stand and let's pray and just receive what the Lord's doing in our midst this morning. He wants to fill you with joy in the waiting. It may be hard as we're waiting for the Lord to return. There's difficulties, there's confusing moments, there's sad moments. But let's take this opportunity as the Lord is so gracefully here with us, wanting to pour out his joy and love on us. And so let's just receive what he wants to give us this morning. So Lord, you see all of our hearts. Jesus, your presence is revealing to our hearts. Our hearts have been opened up to you. 
you see what no one else can see. You see our sadness and our pain, our grief. Fill us with joy. Lord, you see our, our, our feelings of hopelessness. Remind us of what's to come. Give us hope in the here and now. Fill us with your love, O oh Jesus, the love of the Father. We can, we can find comfort and security in your love, Lord. Give us peace if we're scared and filled with anxiety, Lord. Give us peace in Jesus' name. So let's just pray and ask the Lord. If you want to come up front, you can. I believe we'll have some uh, prayer team members in the back corner if you would like to have people pray with you over, some, over something. And so let's just take a few moments and just ask the Lord to, to come.